Wrestling Contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. What's going on, peeps, and welcome to episode 108 of the Fretzelmania podcast, Eric Angle Appreciation Night. I am Mr. Fretz, and thank you for joining me on this ruthless ride through SmackDown in 2003. Today, I am reviewing SmackDown from March 13th, 2003, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Kurt Angle defends the undisputed WWE title against Brock Lesnar ahead of their match at WrestleMania, but also at WrestleMania. Or will he? Also, we have the number one contendership for the tag team titles on the line between Los Guerreros and the team of Chris Benoit and Rhino. All that and more this week on Fretzelmania. Meanwhile, on Monday Night Raw from the Gundarena in Cleveland, Ohio, on March 10th, 2003, we had Raw's buildup for WrestleMania starting here as well. We have the team of Chris Jericho and Christian defeating Kane and Rob Van Dam. Jeff Hardy defeated Rico. Jazz and Trish Stratus ended in a no contest to determine the number one contender to the women's championship. So that means we're probably getting a schmoz or we're getting a three-way. Triple H defeated penultimate main event Maven in a very short squash match. The team of Chief Morley, Val Venus, and Lance Storm defeated Devon Dudley, in a handicap match, which with the stipulation being if Devon wins, the Dudleys are no longer suspended. And in the actual main event of the show here, in one of the biggest upsets in Raw history, we had The Hurricane defeating The Rock in a no-DQ match thanks to a distraction from one stone-cold Steve Austin ahead of their clash at WrestleMania 19. Now, the Hurricane and The Rock have been having hilarious uh, backstage interactions with, uh, you know, the whole thing about, you know, the Scorpion King having a tiny ding-a-ling. No shame, no shame in having a tiny ding-a-ling. Just, come on, I'm letting you know from my friend's experience. Okay, let's not use that as an insult, but still very, very funny backstage stuff with Rocky and Hurricane. Uh, it's kind of funny that they would come back full circle at WrestleMania 20, Nate take a shot, with um, 
the Hamburglar and Grimace with uh, Hurricane and Rosie at WrestleMania 20, the superhero in training, the S-H-I-T, get it, get it, get it, fucking Russo, but man, fun, fun stuff here with the Hurricane of the Rock. Meanwhile, at the Impact Zone on March 12th at the Fairgrounds Coliseum, we had, in a dark match, Lalani Kai. Now, that's a name that longtime wrestling fans would know, uh, longtime fans of women's wrestling would know. She is a major pioneer in, in the WWE, particularly in the women's division, because of her connection with the rock and wrestling era. I believe she was the women's champion heading into the inaugural WrestleMania, challenging Wendy Richter, whom she unseated for the title previously. Wendy came to WrestleMania 1 and got her win back. And also at WrestleMania 10, she was unsuccessful in regaining her women's championship from the new, the then new champion, Alundra Blaze, a.k.a. Uh, Medusa. You know, Lilani Kai also tagged with uh, Judy Martin and feuded with the Jumping Bomb Angels in the late 80s. Just really underrated stuff. She was a very good worker. Also, we had Sonny Siaki pinning Chris Devine and the team of... And in the main event dark match, the team of Brian Lawler and David Flair in who's the worst second-generation wrestler team going up against uh, Scotty Wren and Tank, whoever the heck they are. Uh, no offense to the late Brian Lawler. I mean, come on. If your father's the king and David Flair's father is one of the greatest of all time, I mean, no offense to you guys, but come on. Let's be real. The team of Jerry Lynn and David Young beat Halloween and Damian. These are two names that were synonymous with the WCW Cruiserweight division, particularly on Saturday night. You know, I didn't see too, too much of them on Nitro. But yeah, Lynn pinned Damian in this match. The X Division champion Kid Cash defeated Johnny Storm and the Amazing Red in a triangle match when he pinned Storm. The Harris Twins beat the team of former ECW championship rivals Sandman and Steve Carino in 29 seconds when Carino was pinned. Hacksaw Jim Duggan beat above average Mike Sanders to keep his average below average. Triple X, represented by Lowkey and Christopher Daniels, the Fallen Angel, beat America's Most Wanted to win the Tag Team Championship. And this is a feud that is going to define TNA Wrestling in 2003. This, this is really, really good. Uh, Hollywood had a no contest with Lollipop when Hollywood rips off Lollipop's shirt. I think Hollywood's that... Oh, you can't use that word. Small person wrestler. And Lollipop, I think, is just like a backstage reporter or a diva or something. Yeah. And then Raven had a draw with AJ Styles. Okay. Uh, interesting. Interesting episode of uh, NWA right there. Now on to Kyle's favorite show, Velocity, and also the RA era podcast's favorite show. Shout out to those guys. On ooh, March 15th, 
Johnny Stamboli beat Funaki. Shannon Moore beat Matt Stryker before he became a teacher, unless it's a different Matt Stryker. There were two Matt Strikers, I think, in wrestling at this point in time. Uh, Bill the Bully DeMont beat BJ Payne, and in the main event of Velocity, because it's the main event of Velocity, it has Hajiri defeating Jamie Noble. Now on to SmackDown from Pittsburgh, PA at the Mellon Arena, home of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Kurt Angle is seen arriving earlier into the arena today, sporting a nasty black eye, I believe from the steel cage beatdown last week, unless it was something else. Uh, allegedly, all the rumor in, in innuendo here, I didn't really look into if it was legit, but I kind of remember hearing podcasts about it. Angle's neck was beyond effed. It was awful. It was really, really bad, and they didn't know if he could make it to Mania. Like, if they had to hot potato the title here, and then Brock would go and defend it against, I don't know, Chris Benoit, or something like that. But luckily, Kurt was healthy enough to hold his own and put over Brock. Kicking off this episode is Team Angle, going up against the team of Ray Mysterio and Billy Kidman, formerly the Filthy Animals, just that immediately jumped to mind here. Bow wow wow, yippee yo yippee where my dogs at? Bark with me now. How the hell do I still know this word for word 24 years after the fact? Oh my god. Non-title match. Uh, Billy Kidman is getting worked over for, for a good part until Ray gets the hot tag. An assisted 619. Ray moonsaults to the outside. Shooting star pressed by Billy, but... On the way down, it looked ugly. Like, it looked like Billy bounced his leg off the rope. It wouldn't be as bad as the time he concussed Chavo Guerrero with that move. But, man, Billy's shooting star press, it's its not good. It's not what it used to be. Like, back when he was in the flock, the seven-year itch looked like a great move. But, man, no. You got to change your style, Billy. No. Uh Eventually here, a Haas pulls Shelton Benjamin out after the shooting star press pin, and a superkick German suplex combination by Haas and Benjamin on Billy gets Team Angle the win. Backstage, Brian Kendrick is bearing gifts, a nice little bouquet of flowers for Stephanie McMahon, thanking her for the opportunity. Jamie Noble is then shown... <laughs> Pulling up to the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> oh, this is good. Uh, security guard uh, thinks he's a pool cleaner, saying the pool's already been cleaned today. He's like, I ain't no pool cleaner. I'm here because uh, my girlfriend, Nidia, she should be in the Playboy, and you gotta see her in Girls Gone Wild. Oh, man, that pay-per-view's this week. Oh, no. No, no, no. Again, OSW fell on that sword, so I don't even have to think. Oh, that trite. And, uh, isn't the creator of that getting some hot water? Isn't he a piece of shit? Seems to me like he is. But, yeah. Jealous of... He's jealous of Corey being in Playboy, not her girlfriend. blah 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 Next up here, we have Rikishi versus Chuck Palumbo. And this feud from 2002 is kind of a bit rekindled. As we remember at, um, Judgment Day. Rikishi single-handedly beat the tag team champions, and he became the prototype 
of Team Hell know that I am the Tag Team Champions. So right away here, Nunzio tries to distract, but to no avail. Uh, Chuck does land a jungle kick, but it gets a one count. A freaking one count on your former finisher. That's that's real good, pal. Small drop and a super kick. The stink face is denied. Uh, the FBI try to interfere, but Los Guerreros even the odds, allowing Rikishi to land the bonsai drop on Chucky, and we have a win for the big man. <clears throat> Taker and Nathan Jones versus A-Train on the Big Show is set for WrestleMania. Oh no. Backstage, Taker is looking for Nathan Jones, who is quietly and psychotically sitting in a dark room by himself. And then he says that after 10 years being in solitary confinement, you begin to appreciate the peace. And then Taker says, yeah, that's that's all right, but he's going to give him a chase you teachable moment and say that tonight we're going to scout our opponents ahead of their match, which is next. The A-Show versus, oh, these poor, poor boys. Funaki and Tadgers. They get the absolute stuffing kicked out of them by these two big men. It's not even a fair fight. Uh, somehow there's a couple of small hope spots against the A-Train while the Big Show is running his mouth on commentary. Seemingly getting a handicap match, and is that foreshadowing WrestleMania 19? I don't know. Choke slam, train wreck, big lads win. And then a bunch of dirty marks get interviewed for the Brock Lesnar Crit Angle main event. Some are picking Brock, some are picking Angle, and that's it. Just interviewing a bunch of dudes in the dudes and ladies in the street. Backstage, the camera pans right up at John Marie's cleavage. Sean O'Hare, the devil's advocate himself, encourages her to go wild tonight. You know, Girls Gone Wild is not until tomorrow night on pay-per-view. They're plugging that. They're plugging that trite. But hey, you can get an advantage over them and go wild tonight. Corey Wilson reveals the cover for her Playboy issue, shows it off, and magazine is all sticky. Don Marie then does a strip tease in the ring and in parentheses here flashes Taz and Cole. I think it was a flesh colored bra. And then they're like, this is the greatest job in the world. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, boobs. Rabbit Rhino versus Los Guerreros to determine the number one contender for the SmackDown tag titles at WrestleMania. Before that, John Cena does a rap and... Has a line that he's going to whack Brock more times in a masturbation tournament. Please tell me that doesn't exist. Please just no. I mean, okay, my friends who watch Letterkenny, when they did the No Fat November joke and the Beat Your Dick December joke, and it's like, you know, December, you got to go like one in one day, two on the second, three on the third, Four on the fourth, fifth, and it goes on. And it's like, so when we get to Christmas Eve, there was 24 hours. 
And then they make a joke like, Wayne? Yeah. Can can you get to 31? Camera pants to him standing out in the field doing the, you know, the cold open. Yeah. Um, no. That's physically impossible. So then we see, uh, oh, Cena, and then, sorry, Cena then makes a couple more jokes about uh, Viagra and a Limp Biscuit because it's of the time, because Limp Biscuit doing the theme song to WrestleMania. Here we go again. Right now, let's go. You need toe to toe. We can rock, we can roll. Uh, something about crack addict and cracking skulls. Sign of the night. Mullet. Eddie's mullet. Last seen at senior prom 1987. <laughs> Can of coke to that guy. That is perfect. We see a great back and forth, intense technical wrestling between these two teams, you know, with Chris Benoit being the mat-based wrestler and very uh, technical. Rhino's more of a power guy. Then you got the cruiserweights with uh, Eddie and Chavo. Although Eddie's a little bit heavier now, he can still wrestle as a cruiserweight uh, and be a little bit more technical as well. Chavo, straight up high-flying. Just, it's a great mesh of styles. Like, this match could have been given more time and... It was great back and forth. We had suplexes, we had cross faces, we had Air Canada attempts, we had we had, you know, Eddie rolling out of the ring, getting locked in the cross face, Rhino with a hot tag, the belly to belly. Uh he Rhino's then worked over and Benoit gets a hot tag and he goes nuts. We see the sunset flip power bomb by Eddie. Rhino makes the save. We see a cross face on Chavo. Frog splash, it's Germans. Three amigos, then Team Angle come out, spoil the party, to seemingly eliminate their competition, and this match ends in disqualification. Or does it? Stephanie McMahon backstage takes exception to this and says that at WrestleMania, we're going to book a SmackDown tag team match between Team Angle, Los Guerreros, and Rabbit Rhino. We have a three-way. We have a backstage vignette with Vince recalling his history with Hulk Hogan when we start in January 1984 with the inaugural championship run with Hogan beating the Iron Sheik. That was three months to the day before I was born. That's how far back Hulkamania goes. They then show a replay. I think this was from WrestleMania 8. If I'm not mistaken, you know, he had a match with uh, Sid Justice, Psycho Sid. And it was booked seemingly, allegedly, as maybe his final match in the company. Because that was the only match Hogan wrestled in 92, other than the Rumble. Hogan wasn't at SummerSlam. He wasn't at Survivor Series. He was out shooting uh, Mr. Nanny and Suburban Commando and... The three was he in the three? No, the three ninjas third movie was like ninety eight. So he was out doing movies. He was out doing something that he kind of wanted to do. He caught the acting bug when he was at Rocky Three. Thunder Lips represent. And then he went away, did his thing, came back at WrestleMania Nine, completely fucking ruined the the main event. Um, shat on Bret Hart, and then dropped the title to Yokozuna. Instead of dropping it to Bret Hart like he was supposed to. Anyways, you know, 
Vince McMahon was really taking umbrage with Hogan about this. That re that replay, back to that 1992 thing where it was like, thank you for the memories. And then Hulk Hogan said, thank you, Vince, something, something. That was the first time that he thanked me for anything that in rate. He says that Hogan and him were inseparable. They rode Harleys together. They were in spirited situations together. Strawberry trial, excuse me. You changed, like you changed, man. It's like you hurt me and my family and my business. And when you went to WCW, it really hurt me. You weren't saying thank you. You were saying screw you. You screwed me. And left for WCW. I can't. That voice friggin' hurts. I can't do that all the time. Like, I forgave you and welcomed you back. I invited you back to do what, Vince? Inject WWE with a lethal dose of poison. And then he says at WrestleMania, he's going to kill his own creation of Hulkamania. That was a great segment. I mean... Say what you will about Vince today. I mean, that guy can just cut, cut one hell of a promo. We get Matt Hardy in a non-title challenge match. I think he called it like a, a non-title sparring contest. And he said that anyone other than Rey Mysterio, his WrestleMania opponent, can come out to this. Today's Matt facts are Matt has never locked his keys in his car. Actually, Matt, I can also share that same sentiment. And now with my catastrophic luck, I'm going to do that very same thing very soon. I'll come back on here the next time I record and tell you that that, that actually happened. That's, <laughs> that's how bad my luck is, guys. <laughs> and also, Matt hates cleaning his carpet. I mean, don't we all? I run a floor buffer at my job and i'm glad that it doesn't uh clean carpet but it cleans you know a store floor vacuuming's not bad but when it comes to like legit carpet cleaning oh, i know a guy i hire him instead <laughs> like i had to when i when i moved and this is answered by a man in a mask named the pittsburgh penguin uh, big shout out to mario lemieux who i think a year or two previous to this made his comeback as he fought uh, one hell of a battle against uh, Hodgkin's disease or lymphoma or Hodgkin's lymphoma and retired for a couple of years. And he came back to the NHL, I think in 2000, 2001, and he was still having just banner years. I mean, the guy was drafted and played for the started playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins in 84 when I was born. And other than those three years he took off, he retired in Sidney Crosby's rookie year. He played with Crosby. And now here I am, Crosby being a year younger than me, and we're calling him old today. I'm going to pop an Advil, recline in my recliner, and cry now. So it's Brian Kendrick in a mask. We get Let's Go Penguin chance. I mean, let's face it, the Penguins at this point in time weren't good. I mean, they were regularly finishing near the bottom of the pack. I mean, that's how you that's how you got draft picks back then. I mean, there's a draft lottery today, so 
Columbus can still finish last overall in the NHL, and they're there by a landslide. But then a team like Montreal or Chicago could get the first overall draft pick. And I swear to God, if Connor Bedard goes to the Eastern Conference and goes to a Maple Leafs rival team, I'm going to cry. I mean, no. Just no. So the Penguin does a head scissors. Matt chops him, but uh, the Penguin battles back. And then eventually Matt Hardy unmasks this Penguin to be Brian Kendrick himself, who lands a missile dropkick, who bumps into Shannon Moore, goes for the slice spread number two. Uh, but uh, Shannon Moore pulls out V1. They, they scamper to the back. V1's counted out. And Kendrick wins. He wins this match, and I think eventually he wins his contract. This next one, oh boy. This next part, this is the main event of the show. And, uh, wow, I'm, I'm going I'm to need some liquid courage here. Thanks, this can of bubbly. So Brock Lesnar is challenging Kurt Angle for the WWE title ahead of their WrestleMania match. Brock Lesnar gained this title shot by beating Paul Heyman in a steel cage match just last week. Now, I said earlier that there's allegations that Kurt Angle may have been effed, like his neck could have been hanging on by a thread at this point in time, because he got surgery immediately after WrestleMania. Don't know, still. I might have to look into this and do some better research and come back at WrestleMania 19. Nate, I'm looking at you, pal, next week or the week after, whenever this is going up. <laughs> We're talking about this. And it's, man, it's great. So this uh, match and SmackDown is brought to you by Stacker 2, the Ico Pro of the 2000s. The core, no, not Wade Barrett, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, and that friggin' awful branch off from the Nexus. Never should have ended the Nexus. Nexus should have gone over at SummerSlam 2010. Nexus should have been the WWE Champions. No, it's a movie, and I don't know who's in it and what's it about. I didn't look at it. And Xenosaga for the PS2. So uh, Ray is impressed with Brian Kendrick here. They had a good moment of appreciation backstage. And this match. Right here. This is more of a segment because this did not last long at all. But if you know the build up to WrestleMania 19. If you've seen the event more than five times like I have. You know this bit. Kurt Angle. Comes out to the ring in his hoodie, sporting the black eye. Mixed mixed crowd for being a hometown crowd. He is sitting in the corner and he is praying. Brock Lesnar comes out. And unbeknownst to him, while Kurt Angle is praying in the corner, we had another man. A Kurt Angle-shaped man with a Team Angle hoodie and the exact same attire go into the ring and swap out start praying himself Brock Lesnar comes in immediately at five one two holy shit we're gonna have a new champion 
he looks down. He he notices something that looks like Kurt Angle, but it's not. So Team Angle start coming down to the to the ring. Brock Lesnar bolts towards them to being like, "Bitch, get out of here! I have a I have a match." And then they swap places again. Brock comes back into the ring, immediately roll up one, two, three. Kurt wins, but this bit here, this 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 little bit with Michael Cole and Taz is like, wait, that's not Kurt Angle. Takes off his hood. Yes, it is. We then see the double come in, and Brock Lesnar starts hounding the absolute piss out of him. Holy crap! It's Eric Angle once again. Just crashing a Kurt Angle match. I mean, we last we last saw Eric Angle at Survivor Series 2000 being the stunt double for him in his match with the Undertaker, and the Undertaker, you know, infamously he had a hard time hitting the last right on Eric. It's like one, two, look down. That's not that's not Kurt. And so Eric Angle is here once again for Eric Angle Appreciation Night. And then Brock Lesnar F5s him on the post, busts him open, beats the crap out of him. And Kurt Angle is a friggin' genius. Intelligence using one of the three eyes. Not so much integrity, a little bit of intensity, but all of the intelligence. And Kurt Angle is still the champion going into WrestleMania 19 at Safeco Field in Seattle. Man, what a SmackDown. This moment here. This is among the best moments in SmackDown history. Here we are at the 24th anniversary of it. And this stands out. This is good. This is some great writing, some great comedy, some great shock. Man, I can't wait to get to WrestleMania. So that is it, folks. This is another short, uh, short review because these SmackDowns are not so meaty. We are heading towards WrestleMania. We're also heading towards WrestleMania 39. There's going to be uh, my own version of that preview show coming up probably the week of WrestleMania. That's a man, that's like two or three weeks away. We're, all, we're already on that road, and this road is paved in Eric Angle's blood right now. So, thank you again. Follow me on all my socials at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. Listen to Wrestle Addict Radio. Say it with me, kids. The cure for the common wrestling podcast. Get your impact wrestling fix every Tuesday with my good brother, Nate the F and Great, with Brace for Impact. He just wrapped up, I think, season three of it. 07. 07, I believe. That was a who? That was a year. In it, and now we're getting into some unfamiliar territory. Nate, you're hearing this? Gets in 2008 TNA. I want in. I haven't seen much of it. You're going to be on WrestleMania 19, so we're going to. So let's return the favor. Any 2008 NWA pay per view you want me to review with you, we're on. Also streaming every Wednesday at 8 p.m. is Kings of the Rings podcast with our GM King Ricky Rose Rose and. Willie T. The Friends of the Show era. Big shout out to uh, Agent K. Murphy, who was doing 
well in their uh, new position in their job. So, uh, Kay, love you. Hope you're doing good. If you want to come on Fretzelmania, hit me up. Let's uh, let's talk some wrestling. And also, we can't forget to kick off your weekend in proper YLP fashion with the Young Lions Perspective with Good Brother Zach, giving you your news of the week, your predictions, your reviews, in the only way he knows how, like Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> so, folks, until next time, on the road to Fretzelmania, Wrestlemania, Pretzelmania, keep your stick on the ice.